This podcast is a ministry of Grand Parkway Baptist Church, helping people know, enjoy, and glorify God. For more information about Grand Parkway, visit grandparkway.org. Let's pray. Father God, how great Thou art. How great that You would choose us. The least worthy to carry Your message to be Your ambassadors. Father, speak today. Lord, I pray you would break people's hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. Um, like Neil said, my name is Bart Cardi. Uh, my wife Heather is right over here. Um, Wife, or my uh, daughter Eden is out uh, out in the warehouse, uh, hanging out with the other the other youth, uh, probably causing trouble. Um, and you know, ten years ago, we, we were sent out by Grand Parkway to to serve as as full time missionaries in Costa Rica. Um, it was a a great ten years, um, but it is it is really really good to be home. Uh, it is good to be back. Um, I want to start by, by saying thank you uh, to Grand Parkway. Uh, I, I, want to, I want to say thank you for, for all your prayers and support, for, for all the, the groups that came down to work alongside with us, um, just, just for all the love that, that you showed my family and, 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 and to the indigenous, to the Guaymi, uh, Guaymi people. Um, and, I, and I want to tell you that, 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 that all your investment was, was, was not for nothing. Um, there, there's now a group of, um, well, over, over, over 80 people that have been baptized. Um, there's churches established and all that, that y'all did was, was integral in, in, in that, that success. Um, so, so thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for what you, for what y'all have done. Um, a few months ago, Neil, messaged me and he, he said, hey, I want you to come and, and, and share a little bit of what, about what, what you learned in 10 years on the mission field. And uh, 10 years is a lot of time. And you can learn a lot of things in 10 years. And uh, so I got to thinking about it and there was all these crazy things that kept popping into my head. I mean, like, like you know, some people just, just won't listen to you when you tell them not to drink the water. Uh, you know, they got to learn from experience. Um, not pretty, uh, but that is true. Um, I, you know, I, I learned that... Um, that, that, uh, that if I was going to get some things done, I would need to learn how to weld. Um, I learned not to weld in flip-flops. Um, and if you know a welder, they've learned the same thing because it gets hot in those boots. Um, you know, I, I, I learned that, uh, that, that Clyde is really scared of snakes. Um, uh, I, I learned that, 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 that Travis is scared of spiders. Um, and... Um, and I, it was confirmed that, uh, that I'm scared of both of those things. Um, you know, we, we got a spider down there. They, they call it the horse killer. And uh, you can just think about why they would call it that. Um, yeah, I'm scared of that one. <laughs> and you should be too. Um, 
And so I was getting, getting really excited. And I was like, I got this big old list. And it just kept growing longer and longer. And, 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 and all I could think was, you know, I was going to beat Don Minton's record for, for most points in a sermon. And, and then, uh, then I didn't want to take that from him. And, and, the, and the Holy Spirit just, just kind of reined me back in and said, you, you know, you need to just boil this down to, to the essentials, just to, to the critical things. And uh, so that's, that's, that's my prayer that, 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 that that's, that's what we have this morning. Um, so if you, if you have a Bible, turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll be in verses 17 through 20. I'll give you just a second to get there. And uh, I'd like to apologize if I sleep, slip into Spanish. Um, that's how most of my preaching has been done. <laughs> and I'll do my best to keep it in English. Um, so 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. First thing I want you to, to, to see here is that missions is, is more than an action. It's an identity. You see, traditionally, uh, I, I think the, the idea that, that a lot of people have is that if, if you're a missionary, I mean, you're somebody that's, that's been sent out and, and you, know, you leave the church, go somewhere overseas. And, and uh, I mean, we did that. Yes, we were missionaries at, as a pr- profession. Um, but, but there's more than that. Um, you, know, you know, some people think, think of missionaries as, you know, someone, you know, you're going and sharing the gospel with the lost, you're in, living in poverty, um, you know, tip of the spear, you know, kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, all of those things, I mean, they're, they're stereotypes for a reason, um, because there are a lot of missionaries that have been that way. Um, and, you know, and for, for myself, um, I know there were times when I was hiking up in the mountains, you know, we're deep in the jungle and cutting through the, you know, through the tall grass with machetes. And, and, and I just would think to myself, you know, I'm like Indiana Jones. <laughs> this is pretty cool. Uh, except there was never that golden monkey and, and um, there was all the snakes. And it just, you know, there's pluses and minuses. Um, and, you know, and it's also something that uh, if you share with someone you're a missionary, uh, they're, they're immediately going to think you're a little weird, um, just the way it is. Um, you know, when we were in Costa Rica, we'd see other expats and be talking with them, and, you know, the normal questions always come up. You know, where do you live? Where are you from? How long have you been here? Uh, and then that question of, uh, what do you do? <laughs> and you'd say, oh, you know, we're missionaries. We're going to sit out here to work with, uh, with the indigenous up in the mountains, and they just turn around and walk away. And be like, okay, well, you're weird and we don't want to be with you anymore. And uh, so, you know, there's, there, there's these ideas of what, what missions is. You know, it might be a short-term trip, but, but it's so much more than that. Um, and, and I want to tell you that the, the kind of missions that, that I've described and the type of missions that, that, you know, I experienced on the reservation with, with, the, with the indigenous that's not for everyone. I mean, there's some of y'all, I mean, how many of you, that, does that not sound good at all? 
Yeah, raise your hand. If, if that doesn't sound good, yeah, raise them high. Yes, there's my wife holding her, her hand the highest. <laughs> Easy. We were, we were sent as missionaries to Costa Rica, but we didn't have the same mission. See, we, each individual has their own mission. My mission was, was to the Guayami. My mission was hiking mountains, laying pipe, building churches. Her mission was in town, teaching ESL, working with, with our daughter's school, uh, working with the local church. You know, she, she found her mission, I found mine, but we were both sent out. And, you know, some of you hear the word missions and, and you, you immediately thought, no, that's, that's somebody else's thing, you know, I'll give a little money toward it, or, but, you know, that's not my responsibility. Um, well, well I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you today that, that, that that's not true. Um, if you are a believer, you're a missionary. And, and more than that, you, you, you have a ministry, um, so, so look at the Bible again. Go, go back to uh, verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 5. It says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. You are a minister. And you've been given a message. It's right there. Um, I, I, I can't say it any other way. Um, but this also tells us that salvation has a cost. You see, when, when, we, when we share the gospel and, and we tell people that, that it's, it's, it's a free gift, it is free. Um, it, it's free because we can't pay for it. It's free because it's, it's got so much value that, 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 that we can't earn it. But here in the United States, when you think of things that are free, you go to, go to, the, go to the store, any store, and you see a box. <clears throat> excuse me. And you see a box that says "free." What do you think? That's, that's cheap. That's something that nobody wants. And too often, that idea of, of free gets tied to the gospel. But that's not what the gospel is. You see, salvation has a cost, and and and, and that cost is your life. You see, salvation sets us free from sin. And it provides a new master. You see, a lot of us think and, and, and you know, have, have bought into this idea of freedom that if I'm free from sin, I'm free to live however I want. And that's, that's not what it's about. You see, you're free from sin, but, but now you're a slave to God. And you're, you're a new creation. You're this new creation that... that that, that now has the, the ability to say no to sin and has a responsibility to obey God. You know, you're no, no longer that person that, that had no choice. Before Christ, we, we sin by nature. Now we sin by choice. And, and, and the reality is that, that a lot of us obey the old master better than the new one. Do you agree with me? It's easy to, to go back. But we have hope because that, that, that's, that's where, where the Holy Spirit comes in and that's, that's where sanctification comes in. You know, if, if you walk in the Spirit, little by little, <laughs> that old master looks a whole lot less attractive 
And it's a whole lot easier to obey your new master. And sanctification hurts. It hurts bad sometimes. It may be the hardest thing that you ever do (laughs) and ever go through, but it's good and it's worth it. And it leads to a changed life. You see, if if, if there's no change, if your identity from, from, from before, before you met Christ, if that identity looks just like it is now that you are a believer and you don't see any reason to change, you need to check your heart. Because that's, that's fake. I mean, you, you, you may know the words, but, but you're not, not living it. You see, this, this changed life, that's something that we, we would see on the reservation uh, with, with these, these indigenous, these, these pagans that, you know, these, these, we'd see men that, that would beat their wives and they would, they would, they would take their, you know, treat their kids horribly. Um, you know, men that would, they would, they would take their livestock and keep them in the house and make their kids sleep outside because, the, because there was more money in, in a cow than there was in their kids. And they'd come, come to the Lord. They'd come to faith. And it didn't take a marriage conference to make him treat his, treat his wife better. The Holy Spirit made him do that. It didn't take a, take a parenting conference to make him know that it was better to keep the kids in the house and the cow outside. That's the power of the gospel. But a lot of people think we need to go and we need to, we need to do a marriage conference to a bunch of people that don't even understand what marriage is. Or we need to do a parenting conference to people that have, have done it a certain way for, for thousands of years. And, it, and it's not, that's not what it is. You know, the, the, the gospel transforms culture. And the, and the gospel works within culture to make that transformation. You see, and, and, and we get to play a part in that because we're ambassadors. You see, look at, look at verse 20. Um, it, says, it says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. See, your, your identity is as an ambassador. And that's one of those words we don't really, don't really use much. Um, I mean, if you're... If you're from another country or going to another country, I mean, you, you might have had, to, had some interaction with the embassy. That's, that's where the, the ambassador would live. Um, you you might, might have heard of, uh, like, diplomatic immunity. Uh, you might have been at the airport and seen that special line that the, that the uh, ambassadors get to go through. You know, when you're at the way back at the back of the line and you see that, that one that nobody's in, you never see the ambassador there, but they keep it open for them. You know, I was very, very jealous of that line many times because... <laughs> It was like, I'm an ambassador. I should be able to go through there, but didn't have the right stamp on my passport. But I want to dig a little bit more into, into the idea of, of ambassador. Um, you know, a, a definition of ambassador. That's a diplomatic agent of the highest rank uh, accredited to a foreign government or sovereign as a resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign. See, that's, that's a really compl- complicated way to say something very simple, and, and, and it applies to us this way. As a believer, you are a representative of the kingdom of heaven here on earth, and you have God's message. You are his mouthpiece. 
And that sounds pretty, pretty heavy. Maybe it'll scary to some of you. It's like, how can I speak for God? You know, how can I be an ambassador? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not an ambassador. I can't do that. But I, I would argue that uh, just about everyone in here is, is, is a pretty good ambassador one way or another. Um, it may be for your job, your favorite sports team, your university. I'll tell you, I, I got some friends over in Alabama. <laughs> and half of them are for Auburn, half of them for Alabama. You know, there's a, there's a gospel struggle going on there. <laughs> who's an ambassador of, of, of Auburn? Who's an ambassador of Alabama? You know, there's, there's some, uh, almost comes to blows sometimes. But we're really good at that. We're really good at being ambassadors for a team that can't win. But we can't do it for the gospel. And it's way better than that. And even if your team does win, the day after they win, they're at the bottom again. They've got to start over. <laughs> What's the point of that? You see, and, and God even makes it easy for us because the message that we've got to give isn't our message. It's his message. He gave it to us. He wrote it down. It's right here in the Bible. See, the message is the gospel. See, and, and this, is, this is one of the things that, that, that really hurts my, my heart the most um, and that, that, that I learned in the mission field. And that, that is that most believers um, don't know the gospel. And I think it's the, the, the biggest thing standing in the way of the spread of the gospel. It's like people don't know it. They know pieces of it, parts of it. But when we'd have teams, I would ask them, you know, pull people aside and just get, as I get to know them and say, hey, you know, if, uh, if you have the opportunity talking with, uh, with one of the indigenous, you know, what would you tell them? How, how would you lead them to Christ? You know, because you're, you're here on a mission trip, you know, what, what, what do you do? And, you know, I'd, I'd get responses like, uh, you know, Roman Road. I was like, okay, what, what does that mean? Like, well, let me go get out a tract and I can tell you, or, or someone else would say, oh, it's, it's, Jesus loves you. Okay, that's good, but, but how does that apply here to these people? Or, or, or God loves you. And, 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 and I'll tell you this, almost every culture I've come into contact with, they believe in God, it's just not the same God that we believe in. And you tell them that God loves them, and they say, okay, yeah, true. I believe that because I am my God. You see, we, 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 we have to contextualize the gospel. And we, we have to give the background for people to understand it. You see, if, if you've got these doors right here and get in your car and just, just go in a, a half-mile circle, how many nations are just right here around the church? How many cultures do you see out here? How many of these people grew up in homes that, that, that don't have Bibles, have never gone to church? You know, why, why would you expect a Muslim family to have a Bible in their homes and expect them to know what it, what it says? Why, why would you expect a Hindu family to have a Bible in their home and to know what it says? And, and, and why, why would you expect them to understand when, when, when you say Jesus loves them 
to, to, to understand the significance of that. You see, let, let's go take a look at what the Bible says the gospel is. Uh, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 4. And this, this is Paul talking here. And he says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. You see, the, the, the most important thing that I see there is that it's in accordance with the Scriptures. You see, Paul was talking to people that knew the Scriptures. You know, they were, they were Jews that were converted or they were pagans that had been taught the Scriptures. But, but you know, most of the people that, 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 that we, we come in contact with don't know what the Bible says. They may think they know what the Bible says. They may have seen some little, you know, verse of the day thing that comes across on their email, but, but they don't know the Scriptures. And because Paul was talking to people that knew the Scriptures, he could get right to the heart of the matter and say that Christ died, he was buried, and he rose again. But we can't do that. Because the people we're talking to don't understand the significance of that. You see, and, and, and what results when we, when, we, when we start talking about the gospel is, is you know, on, on, we, we, we have an incomplete gospel. We, we, don't, we don't have all the pieces there. And, and, you know, on the worst case, you end up teaching a false gospel. But, but a lot of times it ends up just, it's a boring gospel. It's something that no one wants to hear. And, and when that happens, we start thinking we need to make it a little, little shinier and, 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 and pretty it up and add to it or take away. But, but if you know the, know the scriptures and know the Bible, there, there's a beauty to this, to, the, to this gospel, that, 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 that Christ died, he was buried, and, and he rose again, that, that, that you don't get without it. You see, because if, if you don't know the scriptures, you don't know that, that God in, in, in three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that, that he perfectly created the heavens and the earth. You, you don't know that, that, that he created man from, from dust and, 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 and breathed life into him. You don't know that he made Eve from one of his ribs. You, 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 don't, you don't know that Adam and Eve disobeyed and, and through that in, sin entered the world. And, and that's why we need a savior. You see, if, if you don't know the scriptures, you know, the people, and, and if the people you're talking to don't know the scriptures, they won't understand the purpose of the law. I mean, why, why Moses was given this, this standard that was so high that it can't be, be fulfilled. They, they, they won't understand why, why it's a big deal that, that some, some prophet in the Old Testament said that a, that a child would be born and his, his, his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. They, they, they don't understand why, it was, why Jesus being born in Bethlehem was a big deal because it was prophesied to be born of a virgin 400 years before. They, they, they don't understand why him dying, being buried and raised again is, is, is a big deal. You see, they, they, they won't understand that, he's, that, he, that there, there's a prophecy that he's coming back. And that when he comes back, all of this is going to be made perfect again. And when it's made perfect again, we, we who believe in him get to reign and rule with him. And that's good news. You see, but, but, but the gospel we give <laughs> is... Oh, believe in Jesus and you'll get to go to heaven. And, you know, I'll take my chances. 
Honestly. What's exciting about that? See, you've you got to the, have the whole picture. Um, and then, you know, and, and if they don't know the scriptures, they, they, they won't understand that there's a final judgment coming. <laughs> and this is either going to scare you to death or it's going to be the, the, the best thing you've ever heard. You know, in the end, everyone who has not accepted Christ is, go, is going to be judged. And God's wrath is going to be poured out on them. And they're going to hell. You see, we, 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 we offer this gospel that says, oh, accept Jesus and don't go to hell, but, but you know, we, should, we should fear the one that can send you there more than the place. You see, hell's bad, but if you're on the wrong side of God, that's way worse. I mean, think about it. He's the one who can put you there and keep you from ever getting out. But in his mercy, he's given us away. <laughs> you know, he, 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 he's chosen to send his son to die, to be buried and, be rose, and to rise again, and that if we believe in him, we can have everlasting life. And that's great news. You see, because it was, it was completely in his right when, when Adam and Eve made, made their disobedient, disobedient act. He could have just ended it right there. He can end it today. But he chose not to. And that's, that's the greatest act of mercy. And, and, and you know, we, we, we not only avoid the wrath of God, but we get God in his glory. And there's nothing better than that. You see, and... More than that, in, in the gospel, in the Bible, there's room for every story. See, if you're on the fence right now uh, with, with, with Christ, uh, and, and, and if you want to believe or not, um, I, I want you to, to listen real close in these next few minutes. Um, see, the, gospel's, the gospel story is big enough for you. And, and let, let, let me explain. Um, I have a friend in Costa Rica. His name is Ezekiel. Um, if you speak English, that's Ezekiel. Um, but he speaks Spanish, so it's Ezekiel. And he's an indigenous, lives up at the top of this mountain. And he, he was uh, you know, one of the, the first people that I met when I was, was down there on the reservation. And uh, you know, there was one day I, we were sitting down, I was talking to him, asking him questions about his people, asking him about about the schools, the, the culture, about, about religion, and, uh, you know, just all the things you need to know to understand a culture. And, <clears throat> and when he got to the part about, uh, about explaining about, about religion, he said, you know, I went to a church once. He said, There's this church down, down at the bottom of the mountain, and, I'd, you know, the first time I went, I was wearing a hat and sunglasses and had my, had my cell phone on and, you know, got up to the door, and they said, said hey, you got to take that off before you come into the building because, you know, it's just a respect thing, and, and he's like, okay, well, that's, that's fine. Um, I don't really understand, but, you know, if that's what I need to do, I'll do that. And he went in, and he, he, you know, he, he met with him for a couple of months and was hearing about Jesus, was hearing, hearing bits and pieces of the gospel, and he was getting real interested in it. And, uh, but then he said one day he just decided not to go back. And so, you know, I, I asked him about that. I was like, so, so, so why, why didn't you go back? And uh, he got real quiet. And he looked at me and he said, uh, is it a sin to eat a monkey? Yeah. <laughs> eat a monkey. And, and I said, no. 
um, it's not. And, and you know, I could, I could just feel the Holy Spirit say, uh, you know, you, you better, better be listening close because it's going to get real interesting. <laughs> and and he, he wasn't lying. Um, I said, you know, it's not a sin to eat a monkey, but why do you ask? And, and, and he said, well, because, because that church said that if I, if I eat monkey, that it's a sin and, I, and I'll go to hell. I can't, I can't go to heaven. And I said, no, that's, that's, that's not true. And, um, and he said, well, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go to hell, but, you know, I really like eating monkeys, so I'd, I'd rather, rather take my chances <laughs> and eat monkey. And, um, and he said, and then he, then he looked at me and said, so, so how do you know? You know, how do you know it's not a sin? And, and I said, well, you know, if you, if you go to the Bible, there, there's this, this, this man named, named Peter. And he used to think the way that church did. You know, he was a disciple of, of, of Jesus. And he said, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of Peter. Um, I said, he used to think the way that church did. You know, that there, were, there were clean foods, there were unclean foods. And if you, if you ate an uncle, unclean food, you, you were sinning. And, you know, one night he was having this dream. And he saw this, this sheep coming down out of heaven. And it, all the different animals were stacked up on it. And he heard this voice that said, arise, kill and eat. That's, that's a good message uh, right there. And, and if, if you get your, uh, get your scriptures from, from a uh, daily email blast or whatever, um, you're, you're probably never going to see that one come across. Um, but if you do, I want to know which one it is because that sounds like an awesome one. Um, but, you know, I, I told him that and I, and I said, hey, you know, look, I wasn't there. It wasn't my, my vision. There's not a list in the Bible of all the animals that were on that sheet. But I believe that if, if Peter had looked close enough, you know, there would have been a monkey paw sticking out somewhere. And, and, and so eat all the monkey you want. And then he got real quiet again, and he, he looked at me, and he said, well, would you eat a monkey? <laughs> See, that's where the gospel gets real, okay? <laughs> and, and, and when he, he said that, and I, and I, and I looked, looked him in the eye, and I, I said, yes, I would. I said, you know, if, if I wouldn't normally, <laughs> um, and if any of you invite me over and say you've got a nice roasted monkey, I, I, will, I will probably tell you no, but... Um, but for him, um, for, for his soul, the price of, of eating a monkey for that, that's nothing. That's nothing. And so, you know, I, I told him that. And, and he said, well, well next time I, I get a monkey, um, I'll, I'll call you up and you can come over and, and we'll, we'll eat monkey together. And, um, and I said, all right. You know, we shook, shook hands on it. And he, and he said, yeah, you know, I can... I can hit a monkey between the eyes from 100 yards with a 22, 22 rifle. And then I said, now hold up, hold up. You know, it's not a sin to eat a monkey, but it is a sin to lie. And, uh, <laughs> and um, he, uh, he said, well, you didn't see me. And I said, well, that's true, so I, I'm not calling you a liar yet, but um, just be careful. And, and, and at that point, he said, well, you know, that's, that, that's, that's the only thing that was holding me back. And, and he said, the Lord, right there with a conversation on eating monkey. Um, and just so you know, I, I have not eaten monkey 
Yet, um, he, he, they never came back through. He never shot one, and he, he never invited me up. But, um, but he is going to heaven. So, uh, and that's the important part. Um, but you know, if, if you're on the fence today and don't know if, if, if this is real or not, I, I want you to know if, if, if there's room for this, this indigenous guy living on top of a mountain wanting to eat monkey, there's room for you too. If his story is in the Bible, your story is in there too. That story is weird. And I was there. <laughs> it's just strange. But you know, there, there's, there's room for you and there's hope for you. So that's, that's what I mean when I say that there's, there's, there's a depth and a beauty to the, to the gospel that's, that, that's lost when we don't know the scriptures. The next thing, uh, sharing the gospel is not a negotiation. And this is where the church in America has gotten way off, way off. You see, when the gospel becomes a negotiation, it's no longer the gospel. We add to it or take it away and try to make it look better for, for people, but it's, it's not the gospel anymore. You see, that's, that's where we get things like the prosperity gospel. That's where we get things like the poverty gospel, which is the opposite of the prosperity gospel. That's where we get things like the self-help gospel. That's where we get, get things like the gospel that says God is only love. They're out there. You know, it's not about your best life now and washing your face. It's about the scriptures. It's about Christ coming and, 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 and dying and being buried and resurrected according to the scriptures. Now to, to close um, and, and to begin to wrap up here. I, I want you to know that, uh, yes, I went overseas, gone for 10 years. That was the mission that was given to me. Um, that, that is probably not your mission. Um, in, in 10 years, there hasn't been another family that's been sent out overseas from Grand Parkway. And there's a lot of people here. Um, and that's, that's okay. You see, the idea of mission is more than, than somewhere far removed and out of mind. See, your mission might be your family, which is the hardest one you're going you're gonna to come against because they know you the best. It might be your neighbor. It might be someone at your work, your community. You see, that, that, that's where, where, where the gospel and community and missions and blessing all start to come together. You see, all those core values. You see, if, if the gospel isn't, isn't sprinkled throughout all of the others, they're not worth anything. Your community is just a club without the gospel. Missions and ambassadorship, it's just going and, and, and hot air. You're blowing a bunch of hot air without the gospel. Blessing is just a handout without the gospel. You see, but, but, but for all of these to work together, it takes time. You, you, you can't... You can't fully exercise this thing called Christianity without being in community and living life with people. See, we were in Costa Rica for 10 years, and when we left, 
we got a little taste of, of, of the impact that we made in the community that was built. Um, there's people in the grocery stores that were, that were, that were crying when we left. It was, it was just crazy. There, there were people on the, on the reservation who, who came up that I hadn't seen for years and said, you know, thank you for coming and, and giving us water and thank you for giving my kids a place to go to school. There, there, were, there, were, there were people at, at, at our daughter's school that, that at, at graduation, called, they called us up on stage and said, you know, this is, y- y'all have been so important to, to our community and to our school that, that, that you know, we want to we honor you here. And, and my daughter just told us that they're naming, naming the library after us, which is just mind-blowing, just crazy. Um, and, but if we had just gone and not built relationships and not been in community and not taken the time to get to know people's names and know their kids and know what schools they go to and know when they're sick and when they've been in the hospital. You see, that's, that's not just the job of a missionary. That's, that's the job of a neighbor. <laughs> if we hadn't done that, we could have gone and left and made no impact. And so, you know, I, I want to ask you, you know, what is your mission? You know, where, where are you making an impact? You know, what, what is the community that you've built and has surrounded you where, 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 you can, where you can apply the gospel, where you can be a blessing, and where it can be true community? You see, and it's, it's different for everyone. <laughs> and... If I could tell you what it was, I would tell you, but, but I can't. <laughs> that's, that's the job of the Holy Spirit right there. Um, so just, just think on that. Um, think about that. What is your mission? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this time. God, Lord, I, I, I pray for every person in this room that you would give them clarity and vision Show them what, what your purpose is for them. What is, what is the mission that you've, you've set aside for each and every one of them? Lord, help them to walk in ambassadorship, um, in this, this position of honor, this, 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 this position that, that, that speaks with authority. Um, Lord, put your words in their, in their mouths. Lord, pour out your blessings over this church. Lord, because when, 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 when we live as ambassadors for the King, for you, there's no stopping your kingdom. Lord, we thank you. Amen. There's a few things going on in the life of our church we want you to be aware of, so I invite you just to turn your attention up to the screens. Here's a look at what's happening at Grand Parkway Baptist Church. The worship ministry at Grand Parkway is made up of teachers, salesmen, welders, computer programmers, business owners, and more. Although we all come from different walks of life, each of us is passionate to help the church worship. Some of us are on stage each week, while others are behind the scenes. If you are interested in serving in one of these areas, as a production tech or as a musician, come see Clyde at the front of the stage at the end of the service.
Mark your calendars for February 10th, as Blake Hardcastle will be sharing his vision for the spiritual formation ministry here at Grand Parkway. Blake will be joining the staff this summer as the spiritual formation pastor, so make sure you can be here to hear what he is passionate about and how you can pray for his family as they transition here. If there's anything you've heard today and you have questions, or you would like someone to pray with you, some of our pastors and elders will be down by the stage at the conclusion of our service. Let me invite you to uh, stand to your feet. Hold your hands out like this. Uh, Bart's going to close us with a blessing. You're an ambassador chosen by God to proclaim his message of reconciliation. So go and find your mission. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.